0: Everybody, I'm David Frangione, CEO and publisher of Modern Drummer. This week's podcast is great. Billy Amendola, my partner in crime. How you doing, Billy? I'm good. How's everybody out there in
1: podcast land? Everybody's is, great. I'm excited about this one. This one's
0: going to be a good one.
1: I mean, they're all well, good. I, we can't say that, that, you know, but I'm looking forward to this one.
0: Well, I am too. I mean, I had, this is kind of a unique one because I, in a sense, have watched our esteemed guest today, Nick Collins, kind of grow and evolve as a drummer. I've known Nick now for seven years, uh, and he's so young that that's actually a lot of time in this case, and he's been an amazing drummer the whole time, but just keeps getting better and better and better and better. So Nick, welcome to the Modern Drummer Podcast. Yeah, guys. Thanks for hey, having
2: me. No, looking hey, forward thanks, to it.
0: Thanks for being here. So not only is he a great drummer,
1: he's a songwriter and he sings and he plays multiple instruments and he has a new EP out with his band by The Strangers and the EP's called Luna's Daydream. So we want to dive into that. Nick, Let's tell us all about that, how the band came together. I know you and, and I think the bass player were friends from childhood.
2: Yeah, so the, this band's kind of been like a continuation of... Kind of various projects that I've been involved in for forever. I mean, like David mentioned, um, we, we kind of met at one of my um, my parents' like uh, I guess you could call them like fundraisers, like uh, gala shows, back in like 2014, and that was actually the origins of where this kind of project started. So me and the bass player uh, Yannick, we've been like best friends since like middle school, and we kind of like both liked music and and you know we kind of were into it, but we actually started the band. Uh, in our freshman year of high school. And that first show that, that we played was actually the first time we'd ever done something together like in front of people. Um, the one that that where I met David, which was like back in like t- end of 2014, I think. And um, so we started playing in bands together then, and then we met uh, Joey, the guitar player. And ever since then, like which is probably around like November, 2015, we've just been playing together as like the musicians in various different bands with different singers. Um, And we'd actually parted ways with our singer at the time, back in uh, 2019. And by the time we found another singer, which is the singer we have now, um, his name is uh, Ricky or DeCasa, which is um, what everybody would know him by, um, is now that we kind of came together with that, it was like middle of COVID. So we weren't able to like do anything, like play any shows. So we were just kind of recording and writing. And that's kind of really where that EP stemmed from. Um, was just like various demos and various songs that have been in the works for like two years, from the time that we had like hard with our singer to the time that we were able to release it. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I I, I tell you the truth, I-, um, I I liked it from the minute I heard it. Um, Fiona was uh, kind enough to send it over, uh, and um, and and I loved it. And you know, I didn't know anything about the band. I didn't know anything. You know who was on it. I just I just like like the music. So tell us a little bit about. Like how it was recorded i know do all you guys write
2: together yeah so like it's it's a it's a really kind of collective process that we do i mean i think everybody does have their job so like you know we all play various instruments but like i'm the drummer and that's kind of my thing and, and you know guitar is bass and then we have our singer so uh our singer's actually based out of texas so that's where he lives i mean he's here now because we're recording some some new tracks now um, so he comes down and, and we have our time to like work together but usually he's out in Texas so the three of us get together on like a, you know multiple times a week and just get in the studio and write and, and demo and to see what we can come up with so when it comes to writing it's typically us three are in a room together coming up with the music and once we kind of have something that we're kind of content with that like everybody you know everybody can come in with ideas like I, I play guitar and piano. Um, and then, like the guitarist, like knows how to play bass as well. And so, there's always like different angles that are coming, and different ideas. So when we come up with something that's like, you know, that we feel satisfied with, we send it out to our singer. Um, and then if Ricky listens to it and he has some comments about like the structure or the vibe or whatever, or if he just doesn't like the song, um, he'll get back to us. And then once we <laughs> kind of finalize the structure, he lays down like a rough demo on his end. And then the next time we're together, we just kind of like, you know, shed and just keep going with the song and really try and nail what it is. Um, But like a lot of those songs on the EP, uh, on Luna's Daydream, like a few of those songs were written like, you know, they'd been in the works for like a year and a half with just the music with no vocals on them. And then finally, when Ricky came, he was able to like add that finishing layer on top of it. But then there was one song that was like, you know straight up written just us like the first time we met um like on like the second day we just kind of uh, that's actually slow fade was the one that we just kind of sat down and it just happened so it kind of depends but usually the the the, the most common process is like the music comes first and then the lyrics and uh melodies get written by our singer afterwards uh, the song you mentioned slow F- fade has such a nice mood and and
1: it's smooth the groove in that I love the ghost notes that you do, you know, and the sound of the drums on the album is, is really, in, it's fantastic. It's a great, great drum sound. Yeah. Thank you, man.
2: So like we record everything out of our studio here the one that i'm in right now um in in south florida with that that we we did everything ourselves on the ep which was really cool like we engineered it ourselves it got mixed by our um our mixing engineer called jimmy t he works with like dream theater and and a bunch of other bands um up in new york so he mixed it and then we got it mastered in la with um a guy called mayor uh, mayor applebaum who's also done stuff with uh, faith no more and yes and stuff like that And so, but the engineering was really done with us. So like, we really had to try and like put a conscious effort into dialing like a good drum sound prior to, you know, it being recorded. I mean, you know, obviously it being like a, a Gretsch drum set which i think you know just became synonymous with 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 like my family's kind of <laughs> you know i was just gonna sound. ask
0: you what what you're playing take take us inside your rig it's Gretsch. Yeah.
2: well it's right there behind me you can kind of see a little bit of it it's a gretch uh, usa custom kit um and the one that i use with the band is uh it's got a mix of like double-headed toms and concert toms so i use like a 24 inch kick which is a pretty big kick i I'm a massive like John Bonham uh, fanboy, so I, but I just wasn't, I, you know, I wasn't like, I couldn't commit to the 26 inch kick drum because of, you know, the music, like our music is not just heavy. Like we have like, you know, slow fade, like you mentioned is a much softer, moodier song, but I have a 24 inch kick then like a 14 inch rack tom and then 16 and 18 on the floor. And then I have two like concert toms and eight and 10, which is just like the one head on the top. So that's kind of like what I'm rocking with, with the drums. And then, you know, symbols. I think, especially during COVID, I think most drummers have like experimented with every cymbal that they could just kind of like find. <laughs> like it, it got to the point where I, w- I had like a stack that I never used. And I was like, well, I just put it there because I was bored and we couldn't play any shows, you know, but um, Sabian cymbals and and Remo heads. Um, and like, obviously I, being in like locked in with the, um, with the pandemic, you also kind of started to experience with, uh, experiment with a lot of like uh, electronic stuff, um, you know, different pads and, and loops, which has been pretty fun and something that I'm not typically used to. But it's been like a cool experience to kind of do that, you know.
1: And it's, that's all great because, like you, you this comes that comes across. I think you know everything that you said that you guys are so serious about what you're doing, and it's not just something you're slapping together. You, you take the time to work on it. Every musician on on you know every player in the band is is excellent at what they do. Um, lies we were talking about, okay, you know it's it, I like that the record's melodic, but lies that's balls balls to the wall you know balls to the wall rock. I mean hmm. it, it it's almost to me I got like a little bit of a, a if you two was like a little on steroids you know a little <laughs> little little you two vibe but a little, <laughs> but heavier you
2: know yeah and th- that song was actually that's like the first song. um, that like we wrote um, when it was just the three of us, me, Yannick and Joey, like when it was just us after we had parted ways with our singer. Um, And we wrote that song and that kind of like changed the direction of what we were gonna do because like it's very balls to the wall, but like you said, like the verses and and the guitar parts kind of have this thing that's reminiscent of like a U2 part or, you know, uh, something that's not just kind of like, standard distortion rock although that's kind of what happens on the course you know what i mean
0: are your influences who yeah. is U2 an influence or just it just happened to fuse like that
2: well I think we all love U2 but you I don't think U2's ever been like a, a an influence that we kind of all share it, it really depends and varies like on on the instruments and and the eras I mean because like collectively as a band we all really idolized the Red Hot Chili Peppers because they were like but that kind of to me is not so much of a musical thing of like that's what we sound like it's more of like they meant so much to us as a band when we were growing up like they were like my heroes and i was like that's what i kind of want to do is be in the chili peppers you know um so that's like this whole you know this shared love that we have for them but i think like musically um the the three of us definitely share like a lot of you know with bands like led zeppelin and black sabbath as well as like 90s bands like like i mentioned the chili peppers or like smashing pumpkins um, and current bands like Royal Blood and, and um, Nothing But Thieves. So it, it's kind of like a, a shared thing that, like, I feel like when we were first starting out writing songs, like, we'd be writing stuff that sounded like what we were listening to at the time. And now we've kind of, I guess, learned to try and, you know, there's a lot of fat, you know, parts of our sound. And that we, you know, it's not doesn't have to just be like, oh, this sounds like a Foo Fighter song or this sounds like a Pearl Jam song, you know. Um, And then our singer kind of came in with like a lot of like hip hop influences that, that like also I think like was a really cool twist on some of the songs, Um, because I think when we were looking for a singer, you know, there's there's a there's kind of like a traditional mold of a rock singer that you you tend to start looking for and Ricky did really was not in that mold and he brought something that was so fresh and so new that we were like man like this is this is what we kind of wanted in a singer because you know it 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 became like this thing where like yeah you want somebody who's who's a rocker but like you know it becomes a bit cliche and it becomes a bit corny and i think especially in this day and age where like rock is you know really struggling to kind of keep up with like the, the the you know the main industry bringing something fresh to the genre was like a really important thing for us. So I think like in mixing the kind of like grungy and even like seventies classic rock influences with the kind of more contemporary melodies and layers and, and um, hip hop and all that stuff like really helped us kind of really hone in on what we want it to sound like.
1: And that's all great because I love the element of that. And I think that's why it ranges from a broad range of, of, of people. Um, you know, even ages, you know, for, because of all those different elements. So, I, I, you know, everybody should ch- definitely check out the record because it, it is an excellent record. I mean, and I, I, I'm i happy when I see the next generation and I find something, because I'm like a music junkie. I need something new to hear and to get excited about it. And It's taken a little too long these days <laughs> to get excited about things. So when I heard this, without knowing who it was or anything, I just automatically liked it. So I listened to it again. You know, and then I did find out who it was and what you know what it was about. So I love the fact that you guys were all into different things and you blend all that, but it also you have your own
2: sound. yeah, so thank that, you well, I'm, I'm I'm really glad you like it. and and yeah, like you said, like it's that was an important thing to us was like making sure that it sounded like what we what we are as a band. And I guess in a way, the fact that we didn't have a singer when some of the songs were written, and that it took so long for the EP to, to really be finished helped us like that time where we couldn't play shows and it was just us three locked in a room really helped us musically find the sound. And then when Ricky came in, it was like the cherry on the icing of the cake. You know what I mean? It was like it was like he added this thing that now it like made sense. But what was cool is that those like those five songs on the EP those are the first five songs we ever wrote with the four of us like like in, you know together. And obviously, since then, there's been a lot of songs that 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 I keep getting ridden and some of them are very good and some of them aren't really good. and, And, you know, so you end up scratching them and coming, you know, finalizing even more of a sound, you know, like, so that's like kind of like the start. And now kind of what we have is taken from that, but just getting used to each other a bit more and really knowing what we kind of want to do, but that what was cool about that is that, like I said, it was, you know, the first group of songs. And also we just did that entirely ourselves. Like we wrote that ourselves and engineered it ourselves and released it ourselves. And it was just and like, you a-
1: produced, right? And you produced it, you guys. Produced
2: yeah. Mm-hmm. See,
1: so because that, you know, and, and that's what I think that's what makes it sound so real, because it's only what the four of you guys wanted. And, you know, and then the three of you and then bringing in that extra element, which, like you said, was a little bit different, which I think that's the, the last piece of the puzzle, which which really, really worked. I mean, song like Change, you know, the hook, I love the, you know, the melodic hook in that. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, and then um, Wombat, what that, you know, it's got odd time signatures in it, and then it goes Mm -hmm. back. So it's like, you know, that's where it shows like, okay, these guys are musicians, these guys can play, you know, and then it goes back to to Ear Candy, which, which I love.
2: Now we stop and stand Riding everywhere Say but do I care What's on the radio Wanting our day Celebrate my fate Too much to repay For all I'm missing out I mean, that that with like the songs like Change and Slow Fade, which are the more kind of slower or not slower because Change is kind of a bit more upbeat, but I would say the more subdued songs on the EP, they, um, you know, I think as because like when we were when we were starting off in bands, we were kind of really obsessed with like, well, you know, screw pop music, you know, like this, this sucks we want to make rock music. Whereas now it's like you kind of start to like appreciate like the sensibility that's in pop music. And I think that those two songs were kind of like, let's make a song that that like is you know is a song in total where like those other songs like lies and wombat are kind of like for our musical satisfaction right. that like we're really proud of. But like the songs that you can just listen to and they're like three minutes and you know they're catchy, like that's just as rewarding as a song like Wombat that kind of goes from an odd time signature to right, right. A big exploding chorus. And well stuff. and
1: and and that that's what keeps it interesting as well. And for me change because I'm a pop head and I do like, you know melodies and, and melodic and songs mm. so change to me like that one like that one that that one i could see myself after listening to the whole album that one i could sing in my head mm-hmm. you know i walk away singing it and yeah, the other and- one this the other ones just proved that you guys were, were real you know show that you were excellent musicians
2: yeah thank you well yeah and vocals and, and vocals yeah change and change was one of those things that like the vocals i think like really made that song um you know escalate to what it was like there's even like songs like slow fade as well those two songs i don't think if like if we wrote it in that period where we didn't have a singer i don't think those songs would have ended up happening because they relied so much on a a lead vocal to kind of bring that extra layer because especially when we were writing a lot of songs we found ourselves like overcompensating for the lack of a vocal so you end up doing like stupid time signatures and like insane amount of layers that don't even allow for a vocal to sit on top of it anymore Whereas, that, that, um, you,
1: you answered my question because I was going to ask you if Change was one of the newer ones or the ones that you had. Yeah,
2: that was one of the last ones. Um, the Slow Fade was the last one to be written, but Change was the one right before that. Um, and we were like, this needs a vocal. And the, the thing that Ricky was able to lay down on top of that was like tapped into this kind of like nostalgic thing about, you know, that you can apply to any situation, you know, like with, you know, missing out. Like I, the premise of the story is, is... Um, you know, somebody who's out on the road and, you know, grows up and he figures out like he missed out on like his kids' lives or or his wife's, you know, their marriage or anything, you know. And and I think that it became so relatable in so many different aspects, like no matter what you were going through, especially during COVID, like the whole theme of change was just kind of like this, this thing that could be applied like a- any day. There was so many things going on that like that applied to. And I think that those vocals and, you know, the lyrics really helped to kind of bring that song, you know, to life, you know. And you guys are continuing to write. It sounds like the
0: band is just, you know, just all the time creating and growing and, and working on new music. So this is really just the beginning.
2: Yeah. So like, well, like I said, like us, us three work together, like, you know, multiple times a week. Just that's like what we do. I mean, we've just finished a um, a little short tour of Florida that we did um back in July which was like lots of fun and that was like the first run of shows we were ever able to play um and that was like so different because you know we hadn't played shows um for like two years um and obviously being able to finally get these songs that have just lived in a studio and now actually being able to play them live was like a real kind of really cool experience for us but after that you know what we're doing now it's like you know we have already two songs that are ready for release we just don't know when there's like some details to be figured out. And we're just, you know, recording a few more tracks now because I I just think it's about like building that momentum especially for a band that's like starting out and wasn't really able to kind of do that whole playing the scene thing before releasing music. Like, you know, we kind of did it in an opposite way. We had to release music without promoting it with any shows and then being able to play shows months after the fact was kind of like a bit weird, but you know, it's just kind of what what had to happen. (laughs)
1: I like I like the fact that you know you keep saying band because we need bands we need more bands. I like the fact that you guys are serious that you say you get together. I want to repeat that. Did everyone hear hear that? What tips can you give now being a band member for a couple of years as a band member? What tips can you give to people because it's not it's not it's, we all know it's hard being in, in in a band. It's like being in a marriage. So mm-hmm. what tips can you offer our our your generation not my generation anybody that's in a band
2: I mean honestly the thing like the first thing is is you're going to know when you find your people because there's always going to be the people that you're like yeah like they get me and I get them and we don't really need to say that much to each other to understand what we think is good or bad as a collective kind of group but I think the biggest part of being in a band is you got to listen, not just like musically, because obviously when you're writing, you got to listen to what they're doing. But it's also you just got to listen to their opinions, because like you said, it's like a marriage, you know, and you gotta like have to understand that, like, you're part of this project and you're a group and you're all trying to strive for the same thing. But it's not just kind of like your way or the highway and the same way it's not, you know, somebody else's way. Um, and I think like listening to them and, and being open is like the the biggest thing because there's a lot of times where you're so set and so kind of like you know driven to like making something sound a certain way and and then when somebody else gives you an idea although you may be reluctant at first that could end up being like the kind of like greatest thing that could have happened in that situation the same way that like when Ricky when we met Ricky and he's his his style and vocals that was like the last thing I was expecting to find and and the last person I was expecting to be our singer and then i was like wow this is like the you know this is what we've been looking for and i think that all kind of stems down to being used to like being in a in a group and and knowing like knowing your role but also like knowing that everybody's trying to like work together so everybody's opinions on everything is like you know as important as everyone else's you know
1: personalities that's a big thing a lot of people don't realize that you know you guys are living together you know so bands all the bands out there you know that that that's great advice thank you
0: and yeah. open-mindedness it sounds like you've you as you're growing, you're realizing that like you said, you never imagined that Ricky would be the singer and then boom, because you had an open mind towards it, you let you let the naturalness of of the chemistry uh just happen and it was like, boom, there it is
2: yeah and and also just like the more you know the you got also focus about being in a band. I think there's a lot of bands who expect that like oh yeah, we play music together now we're gonna go tour. You know, that's not how it works. Like you have to really before anything happens, you just got to know how to like be a band and, and like play together and, you know, hang out and understand each other that so that it's not just kind of like, yeah, you show up and you play some songs, then you're, you know, you get out, you know, like you got to like enjoy being together and enjoy writing together um, because you end up spending like a lot of time, especially when you're on the road where it's like you're with them 24 seven and then you go and play a show and then you're loading out with them and then you're, you know, having dinner with them. It's not kind of like this casual thing. Like you really are invested in it. And if you don't even know the people that you're in a band with, like, you know, what's the point? It's not even fun anymore. You know? Yeah.
1: Well then, get, get, then you just hired guns.
2: Exactly. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so, um, who's some of you being at drums is your main instrument. Um, who are some of your drum influences growing up and now,
2: yeah, well, I think John Bonham is, like, the biggest one because, um, like, my life drastically changed when I first heard Led Zeppelin um, and, like, everything that – like, he just completely changed, like, w- the way I was going to approach the drums. Like, you know, you're kind of like, oh, you know, playing double pedal. I'm like, man, John Bonham did all that stuff with one pedal. Like, I threw, the, <laughs> I threw that double pedal away, and I'm like, I'm just yeah. going to do one. <laughs> good, good move. And, and, no, so, like, John Bonham's like, a really big one. Obviously, uh, my dad – is um a massive part of like my drumming and especially you know parts of the kit that I use are are kind of nods and tips of the hat towards him and and the music that he's written has meant so much for me not just as a drummer but as like a musician as well Um, and then obviously like I mentioned you know being a massive Red Hot Chili Pepper fan Chad Smith was like my first drum hero like he was the first guy that I went wow like this guy is awesome this this is like my kind of guy that I want to sound like and then obviously, you know, once you go down that rabbit hole, you have the guys like Taylor Hawkins and Dave Grohl and and those guys. But even back towards the um, the earlier classic rock, like um, somebody that I thought was so criminally underrated is Nick Mason from Pink Floyd. You know, he became like one of those guys that was so influential in like playing for the part, um, because I, I I'm always convinced that if Nick Mason wasn't in Pink Floyd, they wouldn't have been as big as they were because you, they needed somebody to be able to just hold the fort down and just not even overcomplicate things and um i just love the way he approached those parts so guys like him and then even uh progier guys like uh Gavin Harrison from Porcupine Tree and and Danny nice. Carey school, like those guys as you get into more music you you know th- there's little snippets that you're like wow like that you know i've never heard that before like Gavin Harrison has those little bells that he has on his kit and when i heard that i was like okay where can i get them and how can i make them you know what i mean and <laughs> like <laughs> But yeah, I mean, it's an endless list. I, it, every time, Every day there's like a new drummer that I'm like, wow, I had no clue this guy was either as good as this or I'd never even heard of him. So that's like a big thing, I think, for for drummers is just like more important than just like practicing and reading out of a notebook. I think it's just like listening to music because that's what it's all about. And you get exposed to so many different styles and different genres. Like there's a lot of guys that are from the jazz world or the fusion world. And I, that's not my thing. But I look at them and I'm like, they they influence so much of what you end up playing because, you know, it's different elements that you're not really used to. And, you know, so different guys, like, you know, guys like Larnell Lewis from Snarky Puppy, he's an absolute yeah. tank behind the drum set. So yeah, like those kinds of guys.
1: That's great. I, I got to tell you, man, you, you, you're very well spoken and educated and, and talented. And I, I think you have a bright, bright future and, you know, on, on your own, you know, man, thank you, you. just being on your own. Okay, so now you mentioned that dad is, is an influence. For, for those who don't know, um, Nick's dad is Phil Collins from Genesis and <laughs> solo superstar, you know, and
0: uh,
1: a drum god, really, in, in, in the drum world. And and, 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 and
0: songwriting and singing.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, he, he's done it. He's done it all. So um, what's next for you now after, you know, Tell us what's what's going to happen next.
2: Yeah, so we're well, I, you know, I'm focusing on on Better Strangers like for this this next few weeks. But it's, uh, in late August, early September, I'm flying over to London to start rehearsing for the Genesis tour that's happening in, this fall. We're starting in the UK, uh, doing a range of dates in England and Scotland, and then we're doing North America in November and December. So that's that's like super exciting to be back on the road, and that's been a thing like a project that's been ongoing for like two years now, and we never had the chance to do anything. I remember um, I was on tour with my dad's solo band for about four years or something like that, three years from like. Was about- Le- was Leland on that? Yeah, yeah, that was an absolute treat to play with him every single night. He is just. He, well, not just like an amazing bass player, but he's like the coolest guy. And and yeah. like, I've known him yeah. since I'm like three years old. So it was like family. Yeah, um, but we... ever since we finished that, it was kind of like set that we were going to, well, that there were Genesis was going to try getting back together. And, and then I got asked if I wanted to do the drum part. And I was like, yeah, I want to do the, you know, I want to <laughs> play drums. Like, is that even a question? <laughs> um, and we, we, were, we did our first uh, run of rehearsals in January of 2020 to see if it would work and And that, um, and we were like, yeah, well, they were like, yeah, let's do it. And I was like, awesome. You know, I'm super down. And, uh, and then the pandemic hit. So that those dates got postponed from November of 2020 to April of 2021. And then that got postponed again to uh, this fall. So fingers crossed, it's going through. It all looks like it's going to happen now, but it's just been weird because like we rehearsed in January and we were like, okay this sounds great. You know, see you guys in 10 months, expecting that that was when the rehearsals were going to start for the tour. And we got together again in November to do the production rehearsals. And it was like, we finished the like four weeks of rehearsing to get the production dialed in and everything. And it was like, let's go play a show. And it's like, well, no, I'll see you guys in, you know, six months. You know what I mean? It's yeah, just really. this weird, weird thing, but it was cool to, to do the production rehearsals because it was the closest I'd come to playing a live show in a while. Because you have the lights and you have the the big stage and everything, and it's, it's pretty yeah, it's
1: pretty theatrical, right? I mean, Genesis <laughs> shows are usually. I mean, I saw your dad back in the day of uh, the Lamb Lamb Lies Down on Broadway. Show. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I'm old, so you know. I, but it was always big productions, and those 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 tour dates sold out here in New York. I think in 14 minutes, the the garden.
2: Yeah, they, there it was a it was a really kind of quick. Uh, quick turnaround when it came to just selling the tickets, which is which is really encouraging, but it's also like a, a really kind of cool thing to see that that you know, people still like want that, you know, and it's been so long since they played together last and and, and it's been really cool to see my dad in that environment, because, as I mentioned, since I was touring with him as a solo artist and the majority of my life, I've known him as being just by himself. And so obviously not just delving into the Genesis material to learn it, but also seeing him in that context and in a band, which is what I do when I'm not with them. And I'm like, man, like you do this too, right? Like you're in an actual band. It's not just kind of like your, your own thing. And also what's been really enjoyable is um, Tony Banks and Mike Rutherford are, you know, great guys, but also like the way they write and the way they operate is very kind of close to like the way, the band and i kind of started out you know we're just we, we're just songwriters we're not really kind of like these um theor you know theoretical masterminds that are kind of sitting there and like reading sheet music like the way the sounds that they come up with and the parts they come up with they're like it's just really enjoyable to watch them and and be able to play with them and communicate with each other and still at this age be so invested in the production like you mentioned like that's a big part of the genesis shows and we'd rehearse for like, you know, we would do the set once or twice and then they'd sit there, run through the entire set again, like just the audio and sit out in um, front of house and see the lights and, you know, nitpick wow. at every single thing. And and to be still that invested into it, at, you know, at their age is just like a really cool thing to see for me. That's
1: fantastic. Well, that's what that's what makes
2: them who they are because, yeah. they're, you
1: know, they're, they're legends.
2: Yeah, no, and it, it's like, you know, just the songs obviously, because as well as playing in the band now, I you know, I am a Genesis fan as well when it comes to their songs. So just being able to play those songs has been a real treat and, and listening to them, even when they're kind of sound checking, just seeing like the way they kind of approach things. has just been really, really cool for me since I didn't really get to experience that because like the band kind of, well, the band disbanded not disbanded but my dad left the band in like 92 or something so I didn't really get to experience that apart from their short little reunion tour that they did in 2007 but I was like six, so I didn't really remember anything (laughs) so Um, let me let me ask you this how
1: is it having dad as a boss
2: well honestly that's that's a funny question because like I've had like people have asked me and the good thing is and and, you know I, I hope this is the case that I I haven't gotten like he's never kind of really criticized something that i do so i'm because i you know i'd like to think that i put enough preparation for that not to happen um when we were doing like his own solo tour but the cool thing is that i never felt like that me being his son got in the way of him giving me criticism if it needed to be there if he told me something was too fast or too slow i was just a regular band member and i would i would do it or you know like it was never kind of like, oh, he's my son, so I can't tell him what I think. I've just kind of got to let him do his thing, which, you know, would have sucked because like, you know, I'm I'm totally aware that me being his son really was like a, a, a foot in the door of, of being able to play that gig. But I, you know, if being, you know, for me, it was really important to um, be able to hold my own ground in that context and not just be on that gig because of who i am and actually doing it because i know how to play these parts and and that i could do it consistently and i think that eventually you know after the amount of touring that we did it became just kind of second nature and and there was no need for any kind of like criticism or anything because it was just like this machine that started rolling um but even with the when the genesis stuff first start uh first kicked off i had when i was living at home i was like hey dad like can you come upstairs with me i want to run through a few of the progier stuff and i want you to tell me if like this is good and you know two songs in, he's like yeah you're fine and i was like well was, like, what, there's like five more songs like he's like no it's fine and i was like all right okay i guess so but um if there is anything he does tell me and i know not to get offended to it because you know it's just like he's the one who wrote the part, and he is right. him, Mike, and Tony. In this context, are are the, my three bosses, which has been kind of funny because sometimes I get diff, different opinions from each one of them.
1: Right. <laughs> that, I've had that's, one. Time, that's being in a band.
2: Yeah, I've had one time where like I played a song and mike looked at me and goes you know that could be a bit faster i'm like hey man you don't got to tell me twice about playing faster i was like okay you know i got it And we played the song again and right when i finished it my dad looked back he goes man that was a bit too fast and i'm like look i don't know who to listen to because i'm getting two people <laughs> telling me different things But yeah no it's it, it's fun and, and it's never been like a weird dynamic between us just because i'm his son you know
1: Yeah, that's great and and you do your job i mean every anybody could open a door for someone but if you're not you know dad wasn't going to say oh this is really you know this is really bad and the guy's coming to him saying yeah this is not good and he's gonna go well that's my son he's a professional he's he's a great musician yeah. he's only gonna want a great musician playing with him and you fill those shoes so Bravo
2: yeah thank you well yeah I mean that that's that's like the, the hope that you know like you don't need that to even be a conversation because it's just like I'm just another guy you know like I I could be I didn't you know I could be anybody. What I'm here for is playing these parts and, and and playing the drums and that's the most important thing.
1: Well, I want to thank you for taking the time to do this. With Thanks team. for having
2: me. It was great fun.
0: Mm-hmm. Nick, it's great to see you again. So so many congratulations on the incredible work that you continue to do, the growth. Uh, you're a great drummer and getting better every day and uh, it'll be so exciting to see you with your own band and on tour with Genesis and I'm sure, Uh, many more great shows after this. So continued success.
2: Perfect. Thank you so much, man. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Check it out. Thank you.
1: Everyone check it out. Next time.